gozaimasu. Hello, it is the standard, the conversation, the blueprint, the CEO, Mercedes Money. And you are listening to Mangu Khan Salami Podcast. So make sure you join and listen to it weekly. Hi, this is Roberto. You're back with another Steambox Podcast. Today, I'm with my homies from Highlander Charter School. We are doing the season finale of Manguko and Salami. Homies from Highlander Charter School, please say what's up to the world. Yeah. With us today, we have Melissa Saavedra. Now, we had a serendipitous encounter because I'm running Steambox. We're on year 10 of Steambox. We've been to outer space. We've been to Japan three times. This week, Steambox just got back from Las Vegas for our upcoming Joyful Rebellion Mental Wellness podcast. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, Melissa also has Steambox, and her Steam means something very, very different than I. <laughs> Steamy. Yes, they're running Steamy Lit. So our Steam is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> What's your Steam? My steam is romance steam. Have you guys heard of romance put in that way? Like, ooh, I had a steamy encounter. Don't ever say that again. Have I disturbed you? Word. I'm I'm happy to have disturbed you. (laughs) You guys had a lot of really good conversations. um, And I want to follow up on those conversations with Melissa in a moment. But first, for our audience who might not know her, She's working on she's working on the romance steamy. So where can our audience find out more? And for those of our audience who are interested, where might they even be able to subscribe? Sure. Um, so steamy lit. Um, you can find us at Instagram or TikTok um, or steamylit.com is our website. Um, the steam box is our book subscription box in which we pay romance books with self-care and sexual wellness items. Um, and you can also go to steamylit.com to find all those. There's a part of me that finds it hilarious that somebody might be looking for our work, maybe a funder or something, be looking for our work Steambox because they're like, oh, that project looks really dope. And then they're going to run into like some adult toys, right? Like on, <laughs> on your website. This is the actual possibility, which I find hilarious. Yes. Uh, thank you, Melissa, for making that a possibility. Also, congratulations, because you just reached year three. Is it year three? Yes, we just celebrated our third year in business. Did you guys do anything specific? Did you celebrate? Did you light candles? What happened? <laughs> so we always do um, like a special edition steam box um, for Valentine's slash like our anniversary. And then um, we actually just opened our first brick and mortar romance bookstore here in Florida. Well, congratulations. That looks dope. Here in Florida, I thought you were in San Diego, but that's just because I'd be reading the news like that. I used to be in San Diego. Yeah, I'm back in Florida. I think one of my students is going to ask you about aspirations to be on the writing end of your steepy lit. So I'm going to let them ask those questions. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to defer. I had a whole bunch of questions. And I'm going to I'm going to defer. Why don't you go ahead and we'll go that way. Um, my question would be like. What made you start writing steamy literature? He's a swimming so right. Right. So I don't write. Um, I um, I source books that have already been written and I either put them in the store or the box. Um, but I guess in that same vein, 
Um, our mission is to amplify the work of authors that have been underrepresented in publishing. Um, if you don't know, 92% um, of publishing is white, right? And so there's an 8% of publishing that um, really represents the rest of us. And so I wanted to make sure that when I started Steamy Lit that I represented those identities. Um, but I don't write, maybe one day. There's a lot of people that say if you can see it, you can be it. I love the idea of a trailblazer, right? Because this wasn't done until you. So you've actually transcended that if you if you can see it, you can be it kind of thing. And I like that possibility for my students too. But the fact is that for a lot of people, they do need a visual. That's why like a Barack Obama is important for a lot of people because they can see a person of color, you know what I mean, in the White House, where before that it seemed like a scary proposition for a lot of people. So I really like that. Do you find that your audience responds to seeing like uh, um, Latinos in literature or Latino writers? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just um, identities across the board, right? I think any any story and where like you can see yourself or any media where you can see yourself represented, I think it's so powerful. Um, growing up, I mostly saw white people represented in media, whether that was books or movies or TV shows. Um, and once I was able to find books that like represented me as a Peruvian or me as a Latina um, really empowered me. And I think that that's what reson resonates with a lot of our audience, that they're able to see themselves in these books and that we all in the vein of romance, right, that we all deserve to be happy. A lot of our stories are rooted in our traumas or our immigration, um, and but romance focuses on happiness and love and friendship um, and all of these like beautiful universal feelings that we all feel and that we're all deserving on. Go ahead. Uh, next question, Billy. Um, what? Okay, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm never at a loss for words. What's happening right now? I don't know. Books is Billy's thing, I'm by the way. Out. So. Um, what is your favorite type of like steamy literature? Like what, like, do you prefer like things that are like very descriptive because like, I know I don't because like I prefer the actual story instead of the exposition ex and, ex and not the, uh, intercourse part. I prefer. Oh, interesting. Because I personally don't enjoy that. I'm not saying it's not okay for other people to. I'm just saying it's my personal preference. So, like, what is yours? Can I back her up on that, Melissa? Where, yeah. um, I when I'm when I'm watching movies, I know I'm very weird for an adult, like, but I actually find it a lot hotter when they dance around the romance or when it's implied and all that stuff. Sometimes I like when they dance around it instead of just like they're banging on screen. Sometimes that kind of actually puts me off. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, mean I, I like the romance, just not the sex for me. I don't sure. it's just Yeah, you love like, you love the buildup. You love the anticipation, the angst. Um, I love stories like that too. I also love the script of stories. And I think, um, I think that's the beauty of steam, right? Um, a lot of people expect steam to be this like very descriptive, open door as we like to call it book but we tried to do it in kind of a broader steam is so um subjective and it's so like for you something steam could right like for you it could be like the anticipation of steam right where for someone else it could be a very descriptive scene 
Um, and I think that's the beauty of it, that it could be so subjective to you. And I love both types of books. Sometimes I love something that's very descriptive. And sometimes I love something that's just going to be angsty and like really on that romance. Yeah, I really like the angsty stuff and the uh, fluffy stuff too. And yeah, I also really like it when they like flirt with each other very much so. And then like it leads to that. But I don't enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's totally okay. I think that the beauty of it all is that you can embrace that however it's okay for you. I feel like as long as you're able to release shame, right? Especially um, as women or people who identify as BIPOC, like there is so much shame um, in us embracing our sexuality or reading romance, right? And I think um, whatever it looks like for you is totally okay as long as you're releasing that shame and those societal expectations that they put on us. Yeah, it's really cool that you include the other types of steam instead of just the very dis- descriptive sexual steam. Yeah. So by that, do you mean the fact that she just mentioned that her collections are not necessarily heteronormative? How do you how do you how do you deal with I mean you're in Florida right now, right? How do you deal with your audience and your crowd? and their likes, right? Are there, I'm sure there's a group of people where if they receive a book from you that is not heteronormative, they might struggle. That might be a challenge for them. They might rebel from that. Heteronormative means normal hetero relationships, right? Like like a man and woman. Sexual, white, like like society's perfect standard. I don't even think it has to do with white, but thank you for making it vanilla. I mean, hell yeah. So, I mean, like, if we're talking about heteronormative, we might as well talk about, so again, society's perfect standards. Like how it's like, oh, yeah, this is how you all have to be. You got to be straight. You got to be white. You got to have blonde hair and blue eyes. No. No. Stop it. Says my light-skinned girl with the light hair. I really appreciate that from you. <laughs> Do you ever get... I'm also not straight, so like... Oh! <laughs> Do you ever get pushback for that? And just to be clear, you do... um include non-heteronormative art yeah of course um we we do um and no we never get pushback i think um if you're ordering a steam box unless you just didn't do any like research on us you know that the book picks that you're gonna get are going to be different from like what is heavily marketed towards us um and it's gonna um, be of different identities, whether that's racial identity or sexual identity. Um, it's not just going to be like cookie cutter, right? Um, luckily, we've never had um, any issues, but something to, that we do to avoid that is we do announce what our book picks are. So folks can cancel their box or, or you know, unsubscribe and then subscribe again when they like the box again. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Thank you for your question. That was really good. Is so you're an aspiring writer, right, Billy? Um, so I guess like I do come up with a lot of scenarios in my head, and I do like to like draw a lot. Yeah, I haven't actually gotten to write it, writing any of my ideas down. But like, if I did, I would. I was just curious about one day maybe some of your books would be in there, and Melissa would be pushing your books. That would be Probably. cool. Uh, question. Um, I know you have some military background, and I'm debating whether to enlist because of the benefits and stuff like that, especially with housing and everything that the economy is about to, you know. So I was running, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah. So um, I will say I enjoyed my time in the Navy. I did four years um, and it was a great experience, but it is hard, right? Um, it is a hard job. You are away from your family. Um, the military at the end of the day has a bottom line um, and you are not seen as a person. You're seen as a number, right? And that kind of um, is not only while you're serving, but post-service uh, as well. Um, yes, the benefits that you get from serving are fantastic. Um, but I think also in this day and age, you really have to think about like, does the is the does the military align with my values? Um, and if it doesn't, and like you still want to do it for the benefits and for what it can do for you, then by all means do it. But just I think you have to have that conversation with yourself in that some of the things that the military stands for is not necessarily what you stand for. Um, and you, it, those are things you're going to encounter while in the service. I really, really appreciate you saying that because I think about stuff like that all the time when I see my students who are interested in things like that. And I can definitely see, I can definitely see, see you doing that. But I think there's a number of my students who don't necessarily think about that and, and might, if they chase that train of thought might actually think about some alternatives. If you had it to do it all over again right now, this year, is that something that you would, you'd find yourself enlisting again? That can be, um, yeah, sure. like, am I putting you on a spot right now? No. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think right now I would. Um, I also think when I joined, I was, um, obviously a lot younger and I wasn't really, um, like in touch with the issues around the country. Um, and just like, like the involvement of the military in so many wars and, um, things that are not really part of like my um values set i guess and so yes and no again right like uh the military my service in the military gave me a lot of benefits that i think have definitely put me in the position that i am in now where um i've been able to do a lot of things um because i have some of that um some of those benefits but um you know, you know, especially with everything happening, um, the genocide in Palestine, um, you know, the racism around the country. Um, uh, you said genocide. A lot of people hesitate to use that word. Bernie, San Bernie Sanders recently got killed for hesitating to say the word genocide. I appreciate you actually calling it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's what it is, right? Um, and so I feel like I, recently I posted something like, I struggle with my military service because I see the amount of involvement that the military has in so many um, things within our communities, within um, other countries and, um, you know, black and brown people's lives. And I'm not OK with that. So it's hard. Um, and, and I guess that's why I'm telling you, like, you really have to sit with that. Um, I didn't reenlist because of Trump's reelection or election. Um, I. I was kind of at the border where I could re-enlist or get out. Um, and I could not serve under somebody who was so hateful towards people in my community and other people around the country. Um, so I decided to get out at that point. And um, I'm glad I did because I it was not something that I could stand for. I'm happy that you I'm happy that you asked that question because and and I was not expecting an answer like that because I 
it, from the from the military people I know in my in my friends and family, what I see a lot of is um, you have to be able to justify what you're what you're committed to doing, right? So um, I've got friends who are tribal, and one friend worked for Verizon, and then was all about Verizon, and loved Google, and then when he worked for Apple, he was like, Google sucks. You got to get Apple. You know what I mean? So some people have to like justify themselves. I was not expecting that introspection from you. And that has nothing to do with you being a Latina or a woman. It has everything, though, to do with you having served. I really appreciate that. Uh, we've got a question from one of my students who's normally more shy. She's prepared with a question. So I'm going to aim the camera. They have to add in the shy part. That's a little bit of shit. Okay, okay, you're not shy. Okay, I got you. Let's just do a hand movement. So, like, is it okay if I ask two questions? or For our audience at home. For our audience at home, uh, because this is not, we don't put out the visual. For our audience at home, she's actually asking with hand puppets right now. So there's hand puppets on the screen. Go ahead. What was the idea to like sell sex toys? And um, where did you get the funding for that? And, like, why did you start your whole like semi literature thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Steamy Lit started during the pandemic. Um, I, in previous to this, I worked in collegiate athletics. And so I did all of the travel for San Diego State athletics. Um, basically, anytime the teams have to travel, they had 18 sports. So anytime the teams had to travel to away to games, um, et cetera, et cetera, bowl games, I was the person who booked all of their travel, right? Um, and obviously, during the pandemic, that they couldn't travel anymore. And um, I was at home and I just started reading a lot of romance. I was married at the time. I am not anymore, but um, I was married at the time and my husband at the time was deployed. He's still active duty military. And so I really spent that year by myself. Um, and two things happened when I started reading romance. One, that I was like, I feel like there's all of these like emotions and feelings. And so like, why? Um, are we talking more about them? And then two, the diversity portion, right? Like it was harder for me to find books um, by people who look like me than it was um, by white people, right? And so like I wanted to set out with the intention that um, we should be able to amplify the work of authors part of marginalized identities, but also to embrace our sexuality. Because as a woman who grew up in a Latina household, we we didn't talk about this, right? Like growing up, my mom like didn't give me a sex talk. She didn't talk to me about self-pleasure. She didn't talk to me about any kind of sexual wellness. It was just kind of go to sex ed and call it a day. Like one day I think I was put on birth control and like that was it. Like there was no conversation about that. And I feel like my life would have been so much different if I would have had those conversations or if somebody would have um, talk to me about um, self-pleasure and sexuality and um, all of these things that are so taboo and there's like a shame attached to it. Um, and I really just wanted to create a community where we can openly talk about this, um, where we can learn from each other uh, and where we could have just that safe dialogue that we often enough don't have. Um, and then your other question was about funding. So I basically just started the Steambox with like my savings Um I didn't use any loans or anything. Part of that um, was I was able to do because we did pre-orders. So we didn't really order anything before pre-orders came in, which was a good way to already have the money in before like spending it, right? 
Um, and then from there, we just, you know, kind of grew. It is very sweet that your Steambox started in the same way that not my Steambox, but this Mangu Con Salami started. That's how this particular spinoff of our podcast started. One of the things that we talk about on this podcast a lot, and I'll come back to another one in a moment. One of those things is red flags. What's a red flag or or two or three? What are some red flags that you look out for when you're considering a partner? <laughs> uh, you guys have any example? You have what's your red flag? Um, recently there was like this random concert where like it's like the Amole concert or something, and this girl she went with her. Keep going, keep going. She went with her boyfriend, right? Yep. And then she got called up onto the stage. I just started working on the. I know what you're talking about. That's a red flag. If if somebody's gonna dance on stage, that's gonna dance on stage while they're dating you. Like, that's more than a red flag. Yeah, that's, that's just an automatic lead. Yeah, there's like there's a up balance of red flag and jealousy happening. I'm sorry, Melissa. Take it away. Um, I oh. Another okay. Okay. Um, sorry, I Melissa. I haven't actually read this book, but I've heard a lot about it, so I think this is what's going on. Uh, a book by a by a author called Colleen Hoover. I've heard a lot about how like she's like romanticizing a toxic relationship with like a guy who's not healthy for the girl. I've also seen some of the quotes, and I can already tell the story is messed up, and I do not want to read it. But like, I think that that is also a red flag. Like, just being like, if you're like aggressive and like you don't listen to your partner. So, Melissa, what are some of your red flags? Thank you, Billy. Yeah, I think that that's a great example. Um, you know, someone who is maybe gaslighting you, someone who is not an emotional safe space, right? Um, someone who doesn't like dogs. I have three of them, so that's a big one for me. Um, yes. I think someone I overall I think someone who is emotional emotionally safe so someone who um has like jealous tendencies or like maybe gaslights you or um you know diminishes your light is a big um red flag so if if you are going on stage if if somebody invites you onto stage you're at bad bunny concert you're on a date with your relatively new boyfriend and Bad Bunny invites you on stage and you dance on stage and your boyfriend doesn't like that. Now, is that a red flag as jealousy like you mentioned or does that not qualify as jealousy that that qualifies as maybe you were over the line? How do, what do you think? Um, I think it's about your dynamic with them, right? Like I do love to dance and that is something I would very much do. Um, so I think that they would have to know that that is who I am and be okay with it. But if they're not, right, like we could have a conversation about why is that an issue for that person and also take their feelings into consideration before like doing something so like, you know, that can be damaging to your relationship. Um, but overall, I think if you, um, I think if someone is trying to change who you are at your core, um, it doesn't mean don't compromise, right? Like with relationships, the beautiful part of it is that you both are learning each other and learning where like you can meet in the middle. Sometimes you're going to like things that another person isn't and vice versa. And so um, being able to make space in a healthy way for those things and those conversations, I think is really important. So, you know, maybe talking about it very quickly, like, are you good with this or not? It's also the, like a chance of my lifetime to like be on stage with that bunny. So like, we're going to have to like work through that. 
Ad buddies, well, that actually brings me to the last point that I wanted to get to after the students ask questions. So I'm going to transition that way in a moment. What's your question for Melissa? So I wanted to bring my question, or it wasn't really a question. It was kind of like a statement or like an answer to the question about your sex and like how you never like learned it. I feel like it should be mandatory in most schools for middle schoolers and like higher to like learn about it because some people, they really don't get that talk at all. And some people's parents are just like afraid of it to tell their kids. So like, I think school would be a great place to learn it and learn other things just like how we're supposed to. You know, you're talking to Melissa and Melissa right now is in what state, Melissa? Florida. They can't even say gay, bro. They can't even say gay, let alone like <laughs> like sexuality and stuff. What do you think about that? What do you think about steamy lit? Not necessarily steamy lit and the stuff that um, you're collecting in for the subscription, but what do you think about learning all the things that you thought you should have learned in school happening in Florida? Is that like, um, is that something that you think would be like a really good idea? Yeah, I mean, I think across the country, right? Like you just said, um, there is so much opportunity for teenagers and high schoolers and like to learn about these things. And I feel like we're really doing a disservice to youth um, by not having these conversations and not having these open conversations. So I feel like that's when a lot of our curiosity comes into place, right? Like not knowing what we don't know. So we want to try things versus like having open conversations about them. Um, you know, Florida is um, just a crazy space right now. Um, and um, I do, I, I do hope that um, there are some resolutions and some ways to move forward and how we can talk to people about sexuality and sex and sex ed and um, all of these things that we should be learning about and not waiting till ever to learn them some folks just kind of learn as they go and that sucks right like being able to have a space where we can talk about it is so important i feel like that's one of the things that you are bringing to the world right like if you're listening to this podcast you know that's one of the things that we are bringing to this world but also check out steamy lit because that's one of the things melissa is trying to bring to the world uh one more question for you and then billy go ahead um i have a question and a statement um for the statement what you said about not liking dogs. Uh, Your red flag is the opposite. Yeah. No, nah, because I I like dogs, but I'm scared of them. Because when I was a child, right, my mom used to send me off to go buy things, right? And then I, I was walking one day. I was racing a car, right? And then a little fluffy dog, right, just came chasing me. And I scraped my leg because of that. So now I'm like... You're scared of dogs because a little fluffy dog? Yeah. Bro. Miss, it was like, it, I was scared. I was, I, like, I was scared of cats for a while because of the scar on my lip. All right. I so, got it from a cat. So. so having a dog would be a red flag for you until you conquer your fear. What was your question? Um, I heard that you lived in Florida. And uh, have you seen any crocodiles? That Yo, bro, your question. We got Melissa. We got Melissa here. What about steamy lit? Yeah. What about crocodile? Melissa, have you seen crocodiles? Yeah, so actually, yes. Um, and growing up, like in Florida, it's very much, or in Miami anyway, it's very much a thing to go to like the Miccosukee, um, to like the Everglades and do like airboat tours and look at alligators. 
Um, but they also teach you how to like run away with them from them. So it's it's interesting growing up in Florida, that's for sure. Um, and to your dog point, I actually um went on a couple of dates with this guy who was terrified of dogs. I don't think that that's so much a red flag as it is like, are you able to like obviously dogs are an important part of my life, right? So like, how can we meet in the middle to like like do you meet them one by one? Do we like approach it? I think if you're open to it, I think. You won't have any issues with somebody who has a dog. But in this case, the person I went on a date with um, was not open to meeting the dog. So obviously that was going to work because I have three Rottweilers. So, Yo, I want to meet your dogs. I want to play with your dogs. Like, Rottweiler? I grew up with a Rottweiler. I want one when I get older. My dad. My, no. I had a Rottweiler when I was younger and he used to like take me by the shirt to his cage. So, oh, he can play with me. But like you, the Rottweiler used to drag you around. No, nah, I used to. That makes. Uh, now I understand why you're scared of dogs. I'm not eligible for dating, but I do want to meet your dogs and yeah. play. Um, my man over here, uh, my man over here, and his best friend. We had some really interesting conversations about sharing passwords. Uh, this month on this podcast and in another one. Uh, what are your thoughts on sharing passwords with a loved one? Uh, spoiler alert. Most of us thought it was a bad idea and probably not healthy. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think I think it depends on the situation too, right? Like, for example, it's like I've had a partner like, oh, can you log on to this for me and I'll just give you my password? Like, I think that there's no, you know, no harm in that. But like, or like, for example, my ex-spouse was deployed. So like I needed to have passwords to like certain things for like, monetary reasons or whatever right um but like they're also like you also can't lose yourself of identity and like yourself in a relationship and i feel like that's crossing a boundary um like you are allowed to be your own person and i feel like if you need to share your password with someone or they're asking for it because they want to see like what is on your messages or whatever like there's a level of mistrust there that you probably need to address like it's not even a password thing it's a it's something a lot deeper than that i wanted to quickly i wanted to get one more off um go ahead uh what is your favorite romance dynamic like enemies to lovers uh hero and a villain like what what is your favorite mine it's always been like a second chance, like loved you since forever, whether that's like we've been best friends forever and I like haven't been able to tell you till now or like we dated when we were young and like for whatever reason we split up, but you're like still the one. So we still we get like our second chance later. Those are my favorite. That's pretty cute. And they're very specific. You've thought of this before. You're you're a really oh, yeah. Well, really, any like book that like makes me cry, I am a fan of so. Books make you cry. I don't no. know. I never understand that. How could you? I have I have cried with books before, but that's because I'm fair. I I cry with movies. So I actually wrote a short story a while ago where it was a a female villain and a female hero, who uh, it's pretty much an enemies to lovers, but a hero and a villain and the hero. I didn't write it in it, but she I planned to make her go to the uh, the villain side. So, like, that's one of the reasons I asked, because maybe I could, like, incorporate something into there. But like, yeah. um, Interesting. That's kind of great from Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Melissa, we have, we, 
we've sent these cameras to space. We did a whole bunch of really cool projects. We made a TARDIS that's like from Doctor Who. There's so many really cool things on our at Steambox RI Instagram, but you are collecting books. And then I saw that you put like a candle that smelled like one of the characters. What was your favorite hack? What was the favorite thing that you did in a collection that you were like, oh yeah, this is dope? We've done some special editions, which I think are like our coolest, our coolest like part of the box because we're able to work with the publisher and we're able to work with the author to like bring an alternative cover to um, like a project of theirs. So I think that that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, we also tried to like, as I'm reading the book picks for the box, I tried to, you know, like highlight any like scents or like if there's like a favorite food they're eating or like, you know, just little things like that. So I can try to source products that like have some of those qualities on them. So like if they smell like lavender, I don't know, I try to find like a lavender candle or something like that. It sounds very cool. You were trying to get in for one last question. Make it very quick. If you do watch any like anime series, what would be your favorite romance anime? I don't watch any anime. No anime. Or a TV show or a cartoon that had romance in it. Oh, I don't watch TV. What? What? I know. Like, I. She's a reader. So I know. I very rarely watch TV because, um, what? I have to read so much for like the business in general. Um, but honestly, like once I like get hooked on a show, I become like I have to like just binge all of it. And like I haven't really had time to binge things lately. So um what's your favorite? What should I what should I watch? I think my favorite thing to watch But it has to have romance. Oh, it's not it's not like too much romance, but it's like love between a mother and a child. Okay, that works. Yeah. Come play. It's a little bit of a scary movie, but towards the end, like, you know, five to ten minutes, it gets, like, super emotional. Okay, you're going to have to check out Come Play. That's been assigned to you by one of our students. Do you ever consider graphic novels for your collections? Yeah, you know, they've been, um, a lot of people have been asking for them lately. So we do have plans to, like, um, start just sourcing some more because it seems like a very, um, something, like, people are very into, right? Melissa Saavedra, uh, to our audience, please check out uh, Melissa's work. Melissa, where can people find you one more time? I know you did it off the top. Yep, at Steamy Lit on Instagram or TikTok or the Steambox Co. on Instagram. At the Steambox Co. Don't go to SteamboxRI.com. You're going to find kids, not the adult toys that you're looking for. Melissa, you are off the hot seat. Steampunks from Highlander Charter School. Please say peace out to the world. Peace out. Melissa, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.